Welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. The contents and views expressed by individuals in the CIM Marketing Podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. This series is currently being recorded via web conferencing. We apologise for any issues with the audio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. And today we are joined by a favourite of the podcast. She's back for edition five, six, seven. I can't even remember what it is, Morag. It is the great Morag Cudderford-Jones, editor of CIM's in-house magazine, Catalyst. How are you, Morag? Welcome back. I am very well and suitably puffed by your introduction, Ben. I think that's the most fulsome yet. Heaven knows what happens when we get to number 10 or 11. Is it becoming an arms race, is it, that we it, they, <laughs> these, these introductions will become ever more fulsome on every visit from you? I expect the next one to be the verbal equivalent of top hat and tails, Ben. Yes, it will be. I'll, I'll, I'll make a note. I'll make a note. Um, what's in the magazine that's coming out? It's, it's out now, by the way. It's, it's coming out. It should be landing on your doorsteps very soon if you're a member of CIM. What can we look forward to this time? Well, this, this magazine, I have to say, I think it exercised my brain more than any of the others. And that's not to say the others didn't. I think this one really did stretch me. Um, in terms of understanding the content, in terms of some of the ideas that were brought to the table. There were some of the ideas that I was quite ready to go, ah, now nah, we're not interested in that, are we? And then, of course, having read the most excellent submissions, I was like, oh, you know what? We really are interested in that, and I really need to challenge some of my thinking. And I think that became something of a theme for me for this edition, was challenging thinking in a period of change. Let's not bluster on about the pandemic too much. I'm actually looking at things when we're talking about change from a from a new perspective. There are lots of other things outside the pandemic that are impacting marketing at the moment, whether you are talking about sustainability or uh, new technologies, um, new theories, moving into omni-channel and then this multiverse. So there's so much going on, so many balls to keep in the air for marketers to juggle. Um, some of those changes are being thrust upon us, again, in terms of sustainability, which is why we felt it was so important to address this. It's talked about a lot, but I think we really did come up with some fresh perspectives. Our own Gemma Butler came up with a brilliant definition, which was about it was delivering well-being for all. And so that encompasses so many other things. Um, and the roundtable went on to talk about, you know, the human resource, the fact that employees are demanding that their businesses behave sustainably and that sustainability is, again, isn't the recyclability. That's very important, obviously, but it's about provenance. And then it's about people and making sure the people who are involved in supplying your business are well treated. It's about making sure the people within your business are well treated. It's an interesting concept, though, isn't it? The sustainability isn't just about the environment, which is what it's come to mean. It's about well-being for all. That's an interesting definition that Gemma Butler made. Yeah, you're right. And well-being for all includes well-being for the business. So we're not doing sustainability for sustainability's sake. I think you'd really struggle to get companies to commit to something that was going to cost them potentially millions of uh, pounds, dollars and work hours to, to implement. It has to also benefit the business. Um, and so we found it really interesting. Also in the magazine is the profile, this edition of Trevor Johnson, who is TikTok's head of marketing. Now, naturally, he is a black man at a very high level, 
uh, in the marketing community, and we've run features on this before, that the representation is very, very important in marketing. It is at a very low level. Uh, we've spoken to Walter Gere, who is a very uh, big advocate of this in the States. But it's not all just about diversity. Diversity is a brilliant tool for the business to pull in new perspectives, new ideas, and to help navigate this period of, of unprecedented change that we're constantly in. And Trevor made an interesting point in that profile. One phrase, again, that really stuck with me was that TikTok moves at the speed of culture. And of course it has to, and culture is about people. So people have to be behind driving that change. And, you know, I'm as guilty as anyone. I am not what you would imagine, again, stereotype here. I'm not what you would imagine to be TikTok's core consumer. My 14 year old son, however, is absolutely nailed on the person that they want to speak to. But again, there are so many differences there that you need to have people within and without your organization who can bring different influences and different perspectives that you don't understand, that quite possibly you may never understand. But the key here is to understanding that other people will be deeply embedded in these ideas, these cultural changes, these new products, these new platforms. And I found it interesting that, that someone like Trevor Johnson, um, this could be an interesting phrase to use, but he's one of those people that I think of as someone who is a midwife to the marvelous. And men can be midwives too, by the way. But a midwife to the marvelous, someone who can help make that transition to guide those new ideas safely into the mainstream, letting them stay very much who they are, those ideas, but help the rest of the world around them adapt to them, work with them, understand them, but you don't necessarily, everyone doesn't have to love it. Everyone doesn't have to want it, but they have to accept other people will. So if we've got to keep up with the pace of culture as Trevor advisors, what does that mean in the real world? What have we got to keep up with? What's out there that we've got to know about? Oh, there, well, there is so much. <laughs> Throw a dart and pick one. I mean, it, it's case in point. Our cover story, this edition, is on the metaverse. What, what is the metaverse? I'm sorry to sound like an ignoramus, but what on earth is it? You absolutely don't, because I think some people involved in the metaverse are still asking themselves what in the metaverse. Um, the metaverse is, if you're a bit old school like me and remember the game like Sims. Do you remember yep. the game Sims, a computer game yep. where you pretend to be part of a family and you acquire equipment and you, you start buying things with virtual money? That's yeah. a very basic kind of explanation of what the metaverse is. Metaverse is a virtual world where you don't sort of sit there like we would sit here in a Microsoft Teams meeting, you see each other's faces, you become avatars. Uh, Facebook, when they launched Meta, because they are down with the metaverse, they demonstrated this with the avatars of, of Mike, Zucker, um, Mike Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg. Maybe his avatar is called Mike. Is Mike his is, is, is more attractive younger brother? Yes. Well, either way, when either of them are in the metaverse, they both got laughed at uh, because the, the avatars in the metaverse don't have any legs. Right. And even more amusingly, when Nick Clegg, uh, former Lib Dem leader, etc., yeah. uh, he is now the director of communications, I believe, or public affairs. You have to check in on that one. Uh, he conducted an interview in the metaverse and his avatar was seen to be doing something very peculiar. 
it was leaning over backwards with his arm in the air. And the interviewer was going, um, is everything OK? He's like, I'm terribly sorry, but I can't drink a cup of coffee with this thing on. And this thing. Let, let me just let me just let me just try to understand this anecdote here. The former Lib Dem who was in fact the former deputy prime minister at one point, yes, you're right. of the UK, I believe, was holding an interview in a modern day version of Sim City, in which he was depicted on his backside with his arm in the yeah, air. He was, he was sitting on a chair, leaning back with his That's arm in the air. Right. And what his because of course his avatar was mimicking what his body was doing and while that looked very strange because of course his avatar wasn't wearing a virtual reality headset however the live uh nick clegg was and couldn't get his coffee cup into his mouth with the headset in the way right Hence, the very peculiar behavior of this avatar throwing their arms around when in yeah. fact all the human was trying to do was drink a cup of coffee in the middle of the interview, which in person may not have seemed so weird. So it's it's a it seems like a throwaway anecdote, but the metaverse is not without its glitches and bugs, and it is very very much in its infancy. Yeah, we still don't, and as is admitted, but there are case studies in the magazine, and almost to a, a man and woman. The commenters are saying, you know, this is the early stage. We don't expect this to be mass adoption for ages yet. There's a, certain, a huge amount of skepticism, I have to say, as to, to what Facebook is going to do with its meta, given that, you know, its Oculus Rift doesn't have mass adoption either. Full disclosure, we have one. My husband is to be seen flying around Brazil. He loves the aircraft simulator more than life itself. Um, but it's not mass adoption yet. And nobody is under any illusions that it will be for some time. We've yet to understand it, to understand its potential. And this, this brings an interesting paradox, I think, for marketers. Because on the one hand, we're telling, we're, uh, we're telling, we're asking marketers, be innovative, be at the cutting edge, find out what's happening, what can push you head and shoulders above your competition. And then on the other hand, we're saying, come to us with hard figures, come to us with hard proof, demonstrate how XYZ strategy will drive the business forward in the next 12 months. And then you have this thing called the metaverse. Well, yes, you do. And the, I think the, the marketers will be looking at it, who'll be listening to this, will be thinking perhaps a couple of things, I would guess, is one is how do I convince the powers that be in my organisation this is the future, if indeed it is the future, uh, and last, but just as importantly, how on earth do I convince them to uh, approve what does sound to me like a major, major outlay in terms of investment uh, from something that a lot of people still won't be able to conceive of? So there are layers, as with everything else. So the metaverse is brand new. Um, there are many places that companies and individuals can engage with the metaverse totally for free. You can download Avakin Life and play around with it as much as you like. You don't have to have a corporate account or anything else. Avakin Life does have uh, brand partners. They have branded environments with certain companies who have taken the plunge and decided that this is a, an important channel for some of their customer segments. Um, and clearly they have, a, they, they will have looked into it. These are, these are big brands and they're not willing to part with cash easily. Um, 
so it is something you can dip a toe in. Uh, it is something that certainly, like anything new, you want to explore, but you have to go with your appetite. Are you a massive risk taker with the deep pockets to allow you to take massive risks and one goes bust, one goes bust? Um, or are you cautious and just want to explore? You're happy to let other people take a first mover advantage. You can learn from them and then address it in a more quality way later. I think it was interesting actually when I was looking into the metaverse and NFTs, I'm still not entirely sure, but I, you know, again, jury has to be out on that because it's an evolving story. But I was looking into, you know, people who had dismissed great new ideas and I came across a Newsweek article. Do we yeah. rate Newsweek? I think we rate Newsweek. We rate Newsweek. We, we rate. rate Newsweek. 1995, Newsweek effectively wrote that the internet was a fad and would be over by 1996. <laughs> It'd never catch on. Never, never catch on this new fangled Weberama stuff. I, I, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be my usual sort of aging luddite self here. And I just as we've been talking, I've been imagining some potential practical uses of the metaverse. I mean, presumably it is. It is possible. It is theoretically possible. It may even be practically possible for people to go shopping in a virtual space in a in a in a metaverse is, is that you already can you already can you can shop in metaverse games you can meet up uh i was involved in a, a retail report recently uh doing some research and china as always is leading the way and there's already the possibility to um meet in games and in chat type virtual environments and you each other clothes. I was going to ask. Buy this? Should you I try, buy that? You try clothes on and see what you look like in them. Uh, as an avatar, I think it wouldn't necessarily give the verisimilitude <laughs> that you're looking for. But you can do you can do things like that in chat with real pictures of yourself from a from a um, changing room. But all these things are sort of mixing. And I found it really interesting when you said, you know, I'm going to put aside my aging luddite head. We're allowed to be aging luddites. Not all of us has to adapt to this sort of thing. Right. Um, I think even if I am allowed to go shopping with my friends in the metaverse, I may not. I may well. Who knows? I still haven't been playing Beat Saber with my cousins in New Zealand, even though I've got the capacity to. But it did make me think, you know, when we had all those sort of Zoom parties at the end of 2020, when we really were forced to stay indoors singly, actually the ability to meet up like, you know, old style Wii avatars, you know, how you can go bowling with your friends on the old star Nintendo Wii. Right. That that actually would be quite cool, and that also you didn't have to dress that, up and put makeup on in front of a Zoom camera. You could you could still be in your pajamas. With I that. presume you can press a button to do the dressing and makeuping. Of uh, course, of yeah, course, yeah. and you can but, change but, at the drop it, of a hat. You can see that it may have improved. Uh, not that it would have been hard to improve them. The Zoom the Zoom party it would have been more generally interactive, and you would feel yeah. that you're having a, a an activity rather than. Rather than staring at staring at a screen, I mean, I, I'm open-minded to it. I, my son got an Oculus uh, for Christmas, and I was surprised how much I enjoyed it and how immersive it was. And you can see how some of this stuff would work, even if it does sound a little bit Black Mirror. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is a this is a prediction question, so we won't hold you to it. I never do. But can you see it sort of eventually eclipsing traditional marketing and traditional forms of Selling I, doubt, I doubt it very much. Um, well, you're not the modern day version of Newsweek 95. I'm not the modern day version of Newsweek 95. I'm going to I'm going to find a very pointy fence and sit on it. 
determinedly. Right. No, it's it, like anything. These things, you, you, whether you want it to be the Gartner hype curve, whether you want it to be a fad, whether you want it to be super exciting and then it all becomes terribly disappointing, it will be here in some form or other. It already has been here in some form or other. I mean, like we've been we've been alluding to different examples of erstwhile versions of a metaverse where you've been playing with friends across country in Wii and Beat Saber on Oculus and playing Sims, anything you could connect with anyone else is its form of metaverse. Maybe the metaverse, metaverse now has just got a bit better data and shinier shoes on. Um, so I think there are, there are with, due, with all due respect, Ben, there are better men and women out there with intelligence that can think up fantastically new uses for this thing that I can't even begin to dream up in my worst caffeine fever dreams. But well, there, there are certainly better men than me. I don't know about, about better <laughs> women than you. In terms of finding those people, what does it mean for businesses in terms of readying themselves? For, is that something they need to be sort of stealing themselves for this year in 2022? Or is it is it going to be a little bit of a slow burner? They've got a bit more time, do you think, to get to grips with the concert? I think it brings us kind of full circle back to the whole theme of this magazine, doesn't it, Ben? The openness and the ability to welcome people who do not fit the peg-shaped holes you've created for your company. I think increasingly more and more companies are willing to source talent, insights, ideas from different sources. And, and even when I say source, that implies a sort of proactive, we've gone on the hunt for something. Actually, it's not even that. I think it's simply a culture of openness and going, okay, let's let's dedicate. We're talking about four day working week at the moment as well, for example, not in the magazine, but it's something that um, at the time of recording has been quite hot property news. Maybe we're dedicating one half day of that to, to noodling around on the web or looking at TikTok and finding something that catches the eye or connecting with someone you've never connected with before on LinkedIn and, and seeing what they have to offer. Because frankly, what is there to lose? Well, I mean, uh, some of the most successful agency people are good noodlers, aren't they? The people who actually take the time to do that noodling, to have a look around at what's out there, because you, your week can pass you by yeah. in day-to-day -day tasks. And that means you're not doing any of the open-mindedness. You're not doing any of the sort of uh, shop, visual shopping to see what, what's out there and keeping up with trends. Not every trend, as you said earlier, not every trend, not every product and every uh, newfangled idea is going to suit you now or even ever. But it is the noodling is important, isn't it, for people in agencies and marketing departments to consider that part and parcel of their role and not something that's sort of, you know, a bit of a dos or, or a bit of a sky. Well, the, the noodling, whether that's online or even in person, I mean, one of the other articles we've got in the magazine is about networking. And interestingly, it's written from the perspective of, of the people who read it, learning how to network properly. But actually, if you look at it from the perspective of the person who is being, this is not a phrase, I'm sure, being networked at or networked to. So some of the advice in that article for a networker is to identify someone's need and whether that's just a need in the moment for conversation at the pastry table in a conference, that's their, their need then and there. You've established a connection. And the article's about turning contacts into contracts and you know, actually making that networking work. So you identify their first up need, which is someone to talk to. And eventually they might reach out on LinkedIn, just to the LinkedIn verse to try and find an answer to a question that you can identify that need and answer that. And through stages, you answer their need. But the other piece of advice is to you really listen to them, find out about them, 
And if they're not explicitly telling you a need, how about identifying a need they may have? So, so, so from that perspective, you know, as, as someone who's sitting there going, I want to find innovation, I want to see where the next ideas are, but I've got no idea where to look. Why not when people are coming to you with ideas, this may be a need that you, you don't know you have. So being open to listening to the ideas they have that could help you. I think an awful lot of us are very closed down. You know, it, it, could be, it could be a British thing. I appreciate we have a global audience, but this I have identified as a British thing. You could be lying in the street, bleeding arterially, and someone bends down and says, could I help you? And you're like, no, 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 I've got it sorted. I think I've got a tissue in my handbag. We're, we're very reluctant to accept help and new ideas often, I find. But politeness also gets in the way of offering help, doesn't it? That's as, true. That's as true. As so openness all round. Openness to someone. When someone says, I could help you with this, or have you thought about that? It may not pan out in the end, but the willingness to go, I haven't, do explain. Or the courage to go up to someone and say, you know, I think this would be really great for you. you it's probably not something that's in your wheelhouse at the moment. Do you want to have a look at it? Do you think that do you think that sort of virtual environments, if they happen to some degree or less in the world of contact building and turning contacts into contracts, as you so neatly put it in your magazine, those sorts of interactions will be better done in something that's a little bit more like a physical space, which is perhaps a, a, a metaverse, rather than sort of writing a, a stock note on LinkedIn saying connect, they say yes. Um, and you never hear from them again, never mind, get a contract from them. So actually, the interactive environments could actually build that. I've got something I can help you with. You accept it. And that becomes a strong content, a high value content. You might be onto something there, Ben, because I think there's a great parallel that's, that's only just occurred to me. So well done for sparking some new ideas. <laughs> there's a great parallel um, between that and parenting. In the metaverse, there, there's distraction, isn't there? There's environment. You could be standing at a virtual bar or queuing for a virtual event and chatting to the avatar next to you. Um, whereas obviously with LinkedIn or email, you're sending a bold email going, I want, or do you want? It's, yes. it's very direct. There's very little um, you know, nicety around the edges. And you're wondering, how does this relate to parenting? Well, apparently, and I have tried it, and occasionally it works. If you want to get something out of a truculent teenage child, or have a slightly tricksy conversation, the best place to do it is in the car driving somewhere. Because you're both sitting, facing forward, you're not confronting each other, you're facing forward, you're doing something else, it's finite, you're on the way to somewhere else. So you can have the conversation, it's non-threatening, it's a little less direct, and then it ends, it has, it has an end. So even so, if it's the most uncomfortable thing you've ever had to deal with, and you really don't want to deal with it again, eventually you do get to get out of the car. Note, this is probably not advisable on an eight hour drive from Land's End to John O'Groats. School run will do. But yeah. the multiverse, I can see where that's a parallel. If you want to, we find this awkward, don't we? The reason we keep putting these networking articles in different angles in the magazine is because we still find it awkward to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. So anything that removes that awkwardness and the metaverse, I can see being a great foil for that, because yeah. not only that, you don't even look like you necessarily. No. One of the great points of the metaverse is you can be a tattooed eco warrior when you're, you know, a 75 year old granny sitting in your sitting room crocheting a tea cozy. So it lets you be. And, and have a complete reset. Obviously, that would be a slight shock if someone was expecting a 
tattooed eco warrior and the, got the granny in a meeting, but you get my point. So yeah. it removes a lot of those confrontational elements yeah. that make it awkward for us to achieve our goals. It creates that sort of benign indirectness. And as you say, and boundaries, which sort of goes to your point about cars, that actually makes contact building better, which is presumably why we we, we have events, why we we have parties or we will again, because they, they, that creates that same sort of thing, which makes contact building bounded, uh, indirect and, and more pleasant uh, than, than, as you say, exchange, transactionally exchanging a note over LinkedIn. Look, okay, I'm sold on the metaverse. I, 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 I'm, is, it, is, it, is it something I'm going to be have to get used to in 2022? Is it the biggest change this year or are there other things afoot? I think it's one of the more discombobulating changes. Yeah. There, are, there are many, many changes afoot if you want to go into things like data and omni-channel platforms and all the good stuff that, that marketers are, are used to dealing with on the day-to-day. I think it is definitely alongside NFTs, which I have yet to work my head around and which my 17 year old keeps coming home going mum you know you can just screenshot it and create a pdf and that just completely does away with the nft i'm like these are non-fungible tokens which are about yes. with, with the level of understanding of them is similar to that of blockchain is that, that nobody understands it and but has to not admit that they don't understand it this is the concept of a digital image which is in every way identical to any other digital image as your son is rightly said but nevertheless has value because it is the original certified image so you can buy a digital image which has value in the same way that a piece of art would have value because it is certified through guess what the blockchain now if you don't understand that as an audience or you don't understand it don't worry because neither do i really but that is broadly, that is broadly what these things are Pretty much. I mean, it, it's they're talking about NFT for wine. They're talking about NFT for all sorts of things. I think something like Banksy is the original NFT because everyone's, every time somebody tells me a Banksy is worth three million, I keep wanting to say it's point, painted on the side of someone else's house. How can you sell something that's stuck to somebody else's house? Yeah. And I've never you can have a postcard of Banksy for 50p, but, but you still anyway, that that completely baffles me. There is much in the world, Ben, as I'm sure you're aware, that baffles me beyond belief. I think but, it's meant to baffle us, isn't it? That's the point. As marketers, should we be, you, you seem to be implying that as marketers, we should be em, embrace this bafflement, keep open minded to it because things pop out of it. We should, because a lot of the time there is dross out there, but equally, if you're not open minded to it, you are going to miss the next internet. You're going to miss the next TikTok. You're going to miss the next, for all its faults, Facebook. So, you know, you have to keep that open mind. And no, it's not all about being a first mover. I'm sure there's going to be endless amount of consultants who will now pile in on me on Twitter or otherwise saying first mover advantage is vital. You won't get anywhere today without being first mover. But there's a great deal to be said for hunkering down, being open, but waiting until the time is right for you and you've made the learnings you need to make sure you do it. Because there's an awful lot of people jumping on bandwagons that are neither good for them nor the bandwagon. Yes, nor their business. It can actually be quite damaging for the business if it doesn't work out for you and it's not right for your client roster uh, to, to head down these often very en- expensive solutions. I mean, as marketers, how do you make that judgment? How do you decide, what am I going to sell this into the business or not? What are the tools you use to try and help you make that decision? Ah, uh, well, Ben, that's a spoiler alert coming up in the next edition of Catalyst. Oh. 
how you get that leadership buy-in. But um, what I will <laughs> what I will say is, it, it's got to be up. It's got to be down to your appetite, your business. If you've been a marketer of any length experience, you surely must understand how to decide. I can't see how, in in essence, it's any different to deciding whether or not you're going to open a, an Instagram shop or whether you're going to buy media at a certain roundabout. You have to perform all the usual evaluations. Is it in our appetite? Is it a fit for our brand? Will what we're looking at deliver in the time we want it to deliver? Are the promises we are being given by the people in control of this technology, this platform, this innovation, kosher? And mm. if all of those boxes are ticked, then it is a target for, for us. And, and is, it, is it in competition with all the other things we want to do? You know, will it deliver com compared to something else? So there are loads and loads of different little levers that you've got to pull before you arrive at that particular conclusion for yourself. But I think no matter how out there we might consider it, and again, there's, there's people in the metaverse who are probably veterans at the grand old age of six months having been in it, um, yeah. who, who would say that this is established, etc. But, you know, however out there it seems to you, um, it is all down to your appetite and, and that understanding of your business and your need. But the important thing, which is the big message I'm taking from this issue of Catalyst, this issue, not the next issue, which you <laughs> trailed, um, is to stay open minded and get out there and look at it. You know, don't 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 close your mind off to it because it sounds alien or it sounds freakish or it sounds a bit sci fi or it sounds black mirror ish. Have a look at it. So and don't be frightened of change, not change for change's sake, but change happens all the time. It happens all around us. And if we're determined to stay set in aspic we know that that you know, just need to look at the whole the entire department store sector for example you stay the same you die so change and open-mindedness go hand in hand so get get used to change embrace it keep open-minded don't take it for its sake but be open to it this fantastic stuff in Catalyst 2 about networking and turning contacts into contracts. I love that. It's fantastic. Stuff on DNI and inclusion. We've spoken about the round table about sustainability. Anything else in there that we should know as this thing lands on our doorstep? Oh my goodness, loads and loads and loads. We've got the obviously the metaverse we've talked about. There's talk about African creators and how the challenges they face are often challenges fa faced by social media creators around the world and what companies can be doing to, to help them deal with that. We've got some great research into African sustainability and very much the interesting thing about how priorities change across different African nations and how you won't see consumers necessarily rushing to sustainable behaviors because very much they have to deal with their own comfort first and absolutely they must um there's so much in there that i think you should just go out and read it that's out now for all cim members in print and online digital version i do commend it to you it's always a great read and i also commend to you its editor morag <laughs> for jones thanks for joining us today morag it's been great again we'll see you again on the CIM podcast very soon. Fantastic, Ben. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the CIM Marketing Podcast on your platform of choice. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. We'd love to hear your feedback. CIM Marketing Podcast.